Thank you. Good morning, students, faculty, staff, and friends of Prairie. I want to thank President Maxwell for the opportunity of sharing with you some of my observations and experiences through the years since I came in contact with Prairie in 1953. When I was on staff, I used to have chapel every Wednesday morning for quite a few years. And every fourth year, I would speak on the subject of love, romance, engagement, marriage, and family life. But that is not my subject this morning. Sorry, students. The subject that I've been asked to speak about is the five pillars that made Prairie great. Let me repeat that. The five pillars that made Prairie Bible Institute great. And may I say right off that it's not my intention to compare the past with the present. There's no organization that doesn't have change. Its leaders simply have to know what is God's will for the present and not live in the past. The five pillars that made Prairie great. Number one, the first pillar that made Prairie great is a unified staff and faculty. The staff at Prairie was made of a varied group of people from different countries, from different backgrounds, different skills, representing different denominations, even different doctrines. And above all, may I say, different personalities, and they were different. But God brought us together to be a colony or committed community on the prairies to reach all nations with the gospel. Mr. Marshall used to describe the staff using a Bible phrase from the Old Testament. He said, we were a band of men and women whose hearts God had touched. I like that emphasis, whose hearts, not just our heads or our brains, but our hearts were touched and we gathered together as one to see the Great Commission fulfilled in our generation. Just think of it for a moment in recruiting staff. We needed someone to operate the farm with 60 Holstein milk cows. We needed someone to run a print shop with a two-color Heidelberg press. We needed someone to be in the heating plant with all the heat that was needed for 110 buildings on the campus. Sometimes I, I heard that it was 40 ton of coal a day that was burnt in the heating plant. Then we needed people in the kitchen for the meal, meals for the high school and Bible school students. And God supplied all of these people that we needed. It was wonderful to see how God did this. Prairie was like a magnet attracting people to itself to work and serve in the Prairie Bible Institute. Pillar number one that was a collective unity of people. Pillar number two, the Prairie community was a sacrificial body. When I joined staff in 1953, 
rather than 1956, the entire staff received the same monthly salary and benefits. For example, a single person was given a room in one of the dormitories. If married, a house was provided on the basis of how many children were in the family. The cash allowance was the same for the president as for the staff member who cleaned the sidewalks when it had snowed heavily. I remember a dear, a dear friend, because he lived in the same dormitory as I did from Germany. His name was Paul Cook. And I remember him getting up early in the morning to go to sweep the stairs, uh, that, the outside stairs that led into the office building. He did it cheerfully. And thank God that was characteristic of the staff. Now, a personal reference might help you to understand how this worked out. I left Scotland in 1953, and it was seven years before I returned in 1960. Actually, that trip was a delayed honeymoon because I had married in 1958. And then 10 years after that, 1960 to 1970, I returned to Scotland once more with our two sons, whom my mother had never seen up until that time. Now, others were in the same boat as we were, and we were glad to serve the Lord in that way. Now, here is a benefit that students received from this form of salary. When I arrived in, in, at Prairie in 1953, the, the cost for one year of training, board, room, and tuition, was just a little over $300. And because the staff were receiving this form of salary, they were being subsidized by the willingness of staff to serve in that way. And so I praise the Lord for the ability to come. I did receive a scholarship and I was able to finish the first year without any debt. God had supplied through the sacrificial service of the prairie staff. Number one was a closely knit group of people who served the Lord. The second pillar was the sacrificial body altogether of the staff. Now, the third pillar I call Bible immersion, or as it was known here at Prairie, inductive Bible study. Mr. Maxwell had learned this method of Bible study from William Stevens, who was the principal or president of the little Bible school in Kansas City, where Mr. Maxwell trained. And Mr. Stevens taught him and taught him well how to study the Bible with the inductive Bible study. Mr. Fergus Kirk in here in Three Hills had written to Mr. Stevens asking if there was a young man who would come to Three Hills and teach the Bible. There wasn't the thought of starting a Bible college to teach the Bible to a group of young people. And when Mr. Marshall was shown the letter, he said, no, that's not, not what I want to do. 
and he had three reasons for it. He said, I don't want to go and live where it's just wheat lands around me, and that was three hills. And he didn't want to go in wintertime because it was so cold. And then the third and crowning reason was he didn't want to teach. Can you believe it? He didn't want to teach. And that was what he did from the year 22 until the Lord called him. He taught vividly, powerfully all those years. He didn't want to teach, but God got him. Uh, be careful how you deny God's will because God will get you as he got Mr. Maxwell and Mr. Maxwell taught all those years. Now let me say something about the inductive method of Bible study. As most of you know, it involves a set of guide questions to be answered, and this is the important thing, without reference to commentaries. You study the particular portion with search questions that lead you into the meaning and significance of the words you're reading. And that method was used at Prairie for Bible 1, Bible 2, Bible 3, and Bible 4, from Genesis to Revelation. I had the privilege of teaching sophomore Bible, which was Isaiah through Malachi. And because I taught it for many, many years, I really was grounded in those books. And out from that came my books on Jeremiah, on Daniel, and I'm working now on Ezekiel. It was the inductive method that really helped me to come to grips with the meaning of Scripture. It's still a profitable way of studying the Bible. Then over the years as I worked with it, I wondered if we could introduce a second method of teaching the Bible, which was taking a, one book of the Bible and studying it with all the helps, commentaries, etc., that, that were available, because that is another way of profitable study, profitably studying the Bible. When I was a student at London Bible College, now the London School of Theology, I studied with professors, and one of the ways in which we studied the Bible was to select one book and study that in detail using all the commentaries, lexicons, etc., that were available to us. For example, I studied Romans that way. All 16 chapters, I studied Romans. And then the teacher gave us a test, a two-hour test without Bibles. And the test consisted of the professor had chosen five phrases from all 16 chapters and then we were to explain each of these five phrases in their context and give their meaning. Now, that required a lot of homework, a lot of studied study. Again, no Bible. So you can see this second way of studying the Bible supplemented the first way. And then I had to introduce it to Mr. Maxwell and get his approval. So I prayed hard, and one day I went into his office. I could go any time unless there was somebody there with him. 
and I could talk over any theological problem, biblical problem, or problem with the school. And I introduced this second way to him and uh, told him it would benefit the students in addition to the inductive method. And he listened to me, and as I answered his questions, he agreed that we should introduce that second method of Bible study. And right away we introduced the study of seven Bible books using that method, and we had different faculty taking a book. That was a, a real, very good introduction to the whole subject of Bible study. Pillar number five, global missions. Giving priority to fulfilling the Great Commission became a passion at Prairie. Students commented, you know, we get missions at breakfast, we get missions at lunch, and we get missions at supper. <laughs> there were missionaries in chapel, missionaries in the, act, in the actual classes, missionaries in Sunday services, missionaries for the fall conference, and supremely at the spring conference where there might be up to 50 missionary societies with their tables and booths. And during the week, 4,000 people or so were present for some of the meetings and also supporting the missionaries. Then the Lord sent some very wonderful preachers to us. There was Sidla Baxter, Alan Redpath, Jack Wurtson from New York State. There was Dr. Philip Howard, who was Elizabeth Elliot's father, Stuart Briscoe, Roy Hessian, the Welsh preacher Lloyd-Jones. These preachers brought the Word of God very effectively to us at the spring and fall conferences. When I say global missions, there was a time when we defined that primarily as overseas, but that was really not understood by people because we were, we were also concerned about the US and Canada and other countries. And so we, we laid a stress on global as really being global, not only overseas countries, but countries at home. I want to quote now a remarkable statement from a book entitled Education with Dimension. This is the history of the Bible College movement in Canada and in the United States. It was written by the first director of the Accrediting Association of Bible Colleges. He visited Prairie and found Prairie so different that he instructed our board that Prairie should maintain its particular type of program. Now I quote from the chapter, Bible School Curricula for the World Mission of the Church. This is a very important paragraph. It is conservatively estimated that half or more of the 27,000 active missionaries from North America, this is 1962, they received their training, at least part of it, in a Bible college or Bible institute. 
2,700 alumni from Moody Bible Institute and 1,000 from Prairie Bible Institute are presently serving overseas, again, 1962, accounting for 15% of the total force from the United States and Canada. Did you get that? Two Bible schools in Prairie was honored to be one of them. Their graduates accounted for 15% of the total missionary force from the United States and Canada. Now here's the bottom line, and this is so important. It's supremely important that you grasp that these five pillars that I've been talking about, these five pillars that made Prairie great were firmly based, this is their foundation on Mr. Maxwell's teaching in his bestseller, Born Crucified, which has sold hundreds of thousands of copies uh, printed by Moody Press since the 40s. And really, the, the book is an elaboration of Prairie's text, motto text, Galatians 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. And Mr. Maxwell amplified the teaching of that verse in this book, Born Crucified. And let me say, you will never understand or follow in his steps until you have made the teaching of Born Crucified the foundation of your spiritual life, the teaching of our union with the Lord Jesus Christ in his death on the cross, in his burial, in his resurrection, in his ascension to glory. Our union with Christ is the secret, the secret of the Christian life. It's not more Bible study. It's not more prayer. It's not more discipleship. It's more of our understanding of our union with the Lord Jesus Christ. Mr. Marshall not only expounded this, he exemplified it. And I'd like to pay testimony to the fact that I knew him very well, probably better than anybody else on campus other than a relative because his office was next to mine and I had the freedom to enter his office at any time to discuss with him a Bible problem or a problem with regard to the ministry and the work of Prairie, and I learned so much from him, but I watched him, I observed him, and he was a man who not only taught this message, he exemplified it in his life, in his words, in his testimony, in his activities. He lived this life of the crucified one. Now, there are other keys that I would like to mention, but time does run out very quickly. Let me mention very briefly some of them. There was the, there was the music program. At one time, there were hundreds of students all the way from K, K through 12, 
into the Bible college who were taking music lessons from the music department. And that was a wonderful ministry. And many, many pianists and other musicians got their basic training at Prairie, the music department. And then the extension department. Some summers there were seven musical teams with speakers going to churches, especially in Western Canada and into the States, into Oregon and Port and uh, Washington and Montana uh, and other places, carrying the message not only of the gospel, but of Prairie Bible Institute. What a wonderful ministry that was, the teams. Student work, that was a real factor when I came to Prairie in 53. And you may be surprised, but my student work was making tea in the dining room. I made huge urns of tea. I don't know why, because most American students drank coffee, but they must have thought that somebody from the UK would make exceptionally good tea. Anyway, I poured a lot of it down the sink. Student work was a very real part of one's training at Prairie. The Prairie Tabernacle Church, when it was part of the school, had a great ministry to students, and many of the families on the campus, their children graduated from the Bible College and went overseas. And so the Tabernacle had a ministry to many students from the Institute and also from our homes. Thank God for all of those ministries. These all have worked together to change and challenge young people into God's great global program. This morning, we give the glory to God for what has been done through Prairie Bible Institute. And we give thanks to all who have prayed faithfully for Prairie, who have served the school or contributed to the school in any way since 1922. Praise God for Prairie Bible Institute and its ministry since 1922.